Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Welcome to Life Point. I'm Pastor Tom Doherty, and today Max Buchanan will be your host, and he is associate pastor of the Cloverdale Church of God, and I am glad that he's filling in for me for a little bit, and Lord bless you as you listen to Pastor Max Buchanan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Life Point. I put an S on it last week and they called it Life Points, but I guess it's Life Point. And so that is my bad. And again, I am not Pastor Tom. That's why I'm getting the name wrong. I'm Pastor Max, his good friend. I've served underneath Pastor Tom for the last, wow, nine years. And I had one of my former youth students from when I was a youth pastor in the studio with me. But he's not only a youth student, he's actually currently in ministry. He's interning at a church here in the Valley. And he graduated from the Master's University and is heading to seminary in August, September-ish. And so it is an honor to have him in a studio. We thought we'd catch up and we'd talk to you guys about the Bible. So we are going to be again in Acts. Zach, go ahead and tell everybody how you're doing and uh, where we're going to pick up at. I am doing wonderful. Excited to talk about the conversion of Paul, one of the coolest stories, and ends up um, being the man who writes 13 of the New Testament epistles. So definitely a great story to know, learn about the grace of God and the holiness and um, his forgiveness that comes in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. So let's talk in verse six. We'll pick up in verse, we'll start in verse four. It says, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Right on. So... We uh, started talking about this last time that we were on here, so yesterday, and uh, we were talking about how Jesus is meeting Saul, which he then is known as Paul, on the road to Damascus. But one common thing that people think that's actually not true is that God changed his name or that Jesus changed his name, but that's actually like not the case. That Saul would have been his Hebrew name, and then when he goes to the Greek world, they just call him Paul because that would have been the Greek translation of it. So nowhere in the Bible do we have any indication that God changes his name for any specific reason like he does, you know, Simon to Peter or anything like that. And so um, when we say Saul and Paul, they're interchangeable and, uh, you know, they're the same thing. So if we get further on in the book and we keep calling him Saul because that's what we're used to, um, yeah, there's no really name change at conversion that we read in this story, which is interesting. So, um, yeah, continuing on, Zach, what uh, what insight do you have on these verses? We started talking about it last time, but um, let's jump in and talk about it more. Yeah, so last time we talked first and foremost about how Saul was a Pharisee, what that looked like. A lot of times, since we have the New Testament background, we think, man, the Pharisees were the evil ones, the ones who killed Jesus. But really, in that time, the Pharisees were the righteous ones. They were those who were following after Christ. And yeah, there definitely were evil, wicked Pharisees. But for the most part, their desire was to serve the Lord. And here we see a classic case of Saul thinking that the Lord's will was to kill 
all those who are following quote unquote the way. Max talked last week on how the way was how the early church was referred to um, before they were called Christians. And so Saul is persecuting those following Jesus Christ. But then what happens? It says in verse three that as he was walking, suddenly a light from heaven was shown around him. We talked about how this light from heaven shows the holiness of God, that no sinner can stand and look upon God at his throne. We're reminded of Isaiah chapter six, as we see that vision, as Isaiah gets it and Even the cherubim are covering their faces because of how holy God is. And the same is true for Saul's conversion. So he sees Jesus. He appears to Jesus and Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? And then Saul responds with, who are you, Lord? And then Jesus says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But then we get to the next part where Jesus commands Saul to do something. It says, rise and enter the city and you will be told what to do. And it adds a little bit interesting of an insight for those standing around him. I mean, what would your response be if you saw somebody blinded, fall to their knees, seeing this bright light, and yet they see no one? Yeah, I mean, that would be absolutely (laughs) insane. I don't think, I don't know what I would do. I think that I would just like cover my eyes and try not to die or something. That would be my instant reaction. It would be absolutely insane. Yeah, the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. And so uh, it is really interesting. Another thing that I just kind of wanted to highlight in these verses before we moved on is uh, verse number five. What do you make of when he says, who are you, but then calls him Lord? Hmm. I think Paul knows his Bible better than almost anybody. He would have been a Pharisee learning under Gamaliel, one of the top teachers in that day. Paul knew the Bible Mm -hmm. and he knew it well. Mm -hmm. And so when he sees this vision, which is why I think there's great reason to believe that it's the same thing that Isaiah sees in Isaiah chapter six or that Daniel sees in Daniel chapter seven or Ezekiel sees in Ezekiel chapter one, go back and read those to see the holiness of God Mm -hmm. instantly. Saul knows, man, this This is the Lord. Lord. This is the son of man that's seated at the right hand of God. Yeah. And so, and again, um, what's interesting about it, because our kind of viewpoint, I think when we read the scripture and uh, we don't really dig into the Jewish context is, is understanding how much of a devout Jew Paul really was, like you were saying, Um, they go through learning their father's trade, but not everybody. So it's like you kind of have basic schooling, then go through learning your your father's trade, but not every, it's not a known thing that a lot of, I mean, a lot of people didn't go and uh, study under a rabbi. And those rabbis would pick people specifically, or they would be like, basically auditioning to get in with that rabbi. So Jesus does things differently when he shows up. And again, he calls these like lowly fishermen and all this weird stuff that's going on. That's completely countercultural. Not only that, but he calls them to follow him. Paul's family would have been begging for him to be able to study under the rabbi that he studied under. I'm going to butcher his name, but you said it perfectly. How do you say it again? Gamaliel. Gamaliel. Um, and so this was a huge honor. It wasn't like it was anything that would be scoffed at. He was top tier of the Jewish faith during this time. Like that's, we're talking like one of the, you know, I don't know, like he's in, he's in the majors, if you will. He is yeah. professionally Jewish, if that makes sense. Like there's not too many people that were like Paul in his day. There's not too many people that got to study under these rabbis. He was really, you know, he was 
he said that it even says in this a few chapters ago when he's at the council that um, he was young, he was in his prime when he was in the Sanhedrin. And so really an interesting character. And so when God calls him to, to essentially have this conversion story where Jesus meets him and calls him, like you were saying is he, he's professing, yes, this is Lord. And again, he knows the Bible, his Bible, better than we we know ours. Like this guy was top tier of his day. So he says, who are you, Lord? So without even knowing, professes, okay, this is the Lord. And Jesus says, I am Jesus. And I love that moment for some reason, um, you know, within scripture and, and reading this as I'm sitting here thinking about it. And as I slow down and just think about how he's calling out, but Jesus knows him. He says, you are, who are you, Lord? And Jesus says, I'm going to save you. That's what's going to happen, right? Like, it's Jesus reaching out to him on the road to Damascus. Fascinating story. I don't know. It's just, it's unlike really anything. I mean, there's similar biblical stories and stuff like that. But as far as the New Testament, there's just like nothing like this where Jesus is just professing. This guy goes, I know you're Lord, but who are you? And Jesus goes, I am Jesus. Interesting stuff. I just, when we were reading that, I just was looking at that and talking about Paul. Super fascinating stuff. And like you said, now they're in this situation where uh, these men couldn't see any. So Saul's blinded. These men couldn't see anyone, but they hear this voice. And uh, yeah, so I would have been running for cover. Seriously. <laughs> what, a, what a cool reminder, though, that as Paul is persecuting the church, that Jesus knows Paul and knows him intimately. But not only that, that Jesus has been preparing Paul Paul for mm-hmm. this conversion from the point of birth that yeah. as he studied the scriptures so well, that's what equipped him mm-hmm. to go and proclaim the message to the Jews who would have said, man, who is this guy? This was the dude who we learned from a year ago yeah. that was telling us to kill those who were following the way. And yet seeing this conversion of Christ ultimately is a example of our own conversion. Oh yeah. That we come from just as wicked of a path, right? As mm-hmm. Paul, although we might not have murdered people in Matthew four, if we've had hate in our heart, yeah. Um, we've murdered them or if we've even looked upon somebody with lust and we've committed adultery and so we might not have the same resume of Paul killing those following the way but yet we too can relate as sinners in need of grace yeah so sweet absolutely and and again that that need for grace and Paul goes on to even write about this you know for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of of God is salvation through Christ Jesus our Lord like he talks about this over and over in Romans I mean throughout all of all of his writings he goes you know into this idea of needing to be saved by by grace and we know that uh, Jesus is our Lord and as we profess him as Lord and make him the Lord of our lives just how incredible of an experience that that is and I I think it's interesting and I I talk about a lot just thinking about it from being a perspective of being a dad and you know just living in the the world that we live in. I think that like socially, even when I was a kid growing up was completely different than your world, Zach, and continuing on with these kids going through. And we have all these, uh, you know, social issues that are going on that are contrary to scripture. And uh, just the emphasis of the holiness of God is, is something I think that we need to, to highlight and really think about as Christians. Like I don't want to entertain anything that is sinful. Hmm. I want to be disgusted by it. I want to have a heart like Christ because I know that my, you know, my new nature, that I belong to him, that, yeah, I'm still, you know, 
flesh and blood for this time here on earth uh, in glorification. I'll meet Christ and be with him forever. But I want to have this desire to be repulsed by sin. And uh, as our culture gets darker and darker, it's it's super easy to see how the church is going to stand and be the light if they're willing to do it, you know. But that, again, doesn't come from our own strength. It comes from looking to Christ, understanding the grace that we have, and holding fast to the biblical truths. Well, we're out of time for today. This has been LifePoint. Super excited, again, to continue on in this series. We will catch up with you tomorrow. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.